Truth of the matter is this, for 75 years, the attrition in the fitness industry has been 40 to 50%. With all the smart people that have been in the industry for that period of time, you'd think by now we could have corrected that if there was something to correct. And yet after all these years, attrition in the fitness industry still runs about 40 to 50%. I'm not sure there's nothing to fix, provided you are operating your business the way you should. All right, this is Pete Moore at Halo Talks NYC on location with my good friend Paul Schaller, ABC Financial at Ursa 2018, San Diego. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, Pete. I'm excited to be here. Ursa 2018 is the show that has lived up to the expectations. Yeah, it's all about innovation, technology, and if you don't have a private equity firm, get one by a weekend. <laughs> I've learned that the easy way, my friend. We have one. It's like the NCAA tournament, the sweet 16 of private equity. If you're not in the house, you're going to miss the industry. And we're going to get it down to the final four very soon. Final four. Double-digit multiples or bust. Deals are being made everywhere. What's your bracket? What's your bracket? I saw suits and ties everywhere on the floor of the fitness Don't center Don't know not to do that? So obvious. All right, I'm here with, uh, with Paul, who's been a good friend of mine for uh, 18 years plus now since the Thomas Plummer tour. T. Plummer the out there, yes. There he is, here he is, reinventing himself again, as we all are reinventing ourselves. Big shout out to B. Mitchell in the back. B. Mitchell from Promo Vault, out so, there trying to make a living. There you go. Trying to make money for the clubs. Moving from the desert to the city to the internet. Excellent, good idea, great yeah. idea. All right, so Paul, why don't you start off, just give us a little background on ABC Financial for the six people in the world who don't know what ABC <laughs> Financial is by now. What is ABC Financial? ABC Financial is a 38-year-old overnight success. We were founded by a, a guy by the name of James A. Botin, who recently sold the business after owning it for the 38 years. And uh, we're a company that provides software club management, online tools, and payment processing for the fitness industry. And currently, we service about 7,000 individual facilities in the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico. So a couple of things that I think are important for our listeners to know that ABC Financial didn't start off as a powerhouse uh, software and services and merchant processing provider. This was a hand-to-hand combat, hand-to-hand relationship building. So talk about the growth of, of ABC um, and how you feel about your customers and like the desire to make sure everyone's doing well because you know that if they do well, you do well. You correct, Pete, uh, our founder, Jim Botine, his, uh, his attitude and his approach to uh, customer service is making sure that each and every one that we attempted to secure a relationship with became raving fans. And our goal is if they're a raving fan, we have no problems. But if they're not a raving fan, we're gonna have issues and we take that very personally. And we have an affinity and appreciation for what the gym guys go through because most of us, Mr. Botin, myself, and others leaders at ABC, grew up in the health club industry. And we know how difficult it is to be a successful club. And we know this, if our customers are successful, we have a chance to be successful. So let's talk about the, the ABC financial you know, the business model and the frustration that you were originally trying to solve was you had a health club that had a bookkeeper that was doing their own credit card and and ACH processing and how that was definitely a risky proposition and how that turned into what it is today. No question. Back in the day before technology, 
a lot of this stuff was done manually, whether it's payment booklet or invoice statement or even paper, paper drafts before the uh, electronic ACH. But the clubs were generally relying on themselves or family members or staff that were not trained and were not proficient in this area with the hopes that their members, whether that was 1,000 members or 5,000 members, would get billed properly and the money would be collected to, uh, properly and accounted for. Uh, and what we found in those early days is it just wasn't efficient. It didn't make economic sense. And Mr. Botine, because he was a club operator, was able to identify and be able to set up a third-party office for his own clubs and realize the positive benefits of that. And then he took that to the market over the through the 80s and into the 90s. So as you, uh, I think some of the people don't necessarily appreciate how, how difficult it is to sell software or, or sell services into the health club sector. Uh, now what we call the halo sector, health, active lifestyle, outdoors, a little personal plug. There you go, yeah. thank you. Halo. Um, halo or bust. So when, when you take a look at, at the relationships that you have to build, I think some of the investors that look at the industry kind of say like, oh, you know, you're going after these small businesses, you know, we'll do an email blast, we'll go do a couple of summits and bam, 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 you got all these clients that just kind of like sign up for your software, like educate people and also educate other companies that are entering the space that this is not an overnight success business model. Like you gotta really build deep relationships and the sales cycle is not a one and done. You're correct, Pete, it takes a long time. You know, from our standpoint perspective, we like to engage and, and cultivate the relationship and one of the reasons we feel that's so important is because you gotta find out and understand what their needs are, where their pain points are. Uh, it, it would not be an equitable disposition to say ABC is for every club. What would be equitable is to say we need to go out and touch hands and shake hands and meet people and understand what they're going through and what their needs are and then tell them the ABC story and see if there's something that we're offering to them that would provide them a good solution. And so we've done it through the relationship building process more than the traditional marketing and sales. We're going out there, getting in their clubs, shaking their hands, meeting the staff, meeting the general managers, meeting the owners, and finding out what their needs are. And that's worked well for us. You know, one of the downsides to that, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a long time. And for us, it's happened over these 30 years. So when, when you're collecting somebody's cash, you know, how much of a uh, responsibility do you feel and, and how much how many hours do you sleep at night? Well, it's an extreme responsibility. <laughs> In today's time, the biggest things we worry about is the security of the data. we got to make sure that Johnny Jojo over in Ukraine doesn't end up with everybody's data because that's going to change the world if it does. Johnny, if you're listening, we're coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep your hands to yourself. Damn it. Um, but we got to make sure, one, the data is protected, and then, two, you got to make sure the processes happen. The clubs are in need of their receivables, which generally represents 80 to 90 percent of the total revenues on the recurring side of things, and they need their money collected, accounted for, it, and deposited on time. So that's a serious thing that we take very, very serious, uh, and it's all about trust, and it's all about respect, and we want to make sure that all of our customers know that we do respect that. So, you know, what, what ABC Financial started as was basically your trusted source to collect your cash. You know, as we move into 2018 and beyond, you guys are a lot more of a, a mission-critical platform that helps people diagnose what's going on in their clubs on a real-time basis, link them up with partners that can help them drive their business. So, so talk about how ABC Financial and how most companies, um, you know, at some point you say like, hey, I'm going to be all things to all people, and then you decide, you know what, I'm a platform, and if you got a really cool technology, I'm going to let you API into my platform because it's going to help my members succeed. And if I can keep that, that member or that client account, I've got a great business. 
Yeah, that's a great point, Pete. We, we, one of the things I'm proud of is we were the early adopter of an open platform and embracing things such as API. Uh, while there are other good companies out there that we compete with, even today some of those have feel like that they're better off in a closed platform environment, yet, sadly, they're not able to provide to their customers all the benefits of technologies and processes are there. But we, we believe is either we're gonna provide our customers with that, or we're gonna work with the other vendors who can provide some of that stuff and make sure all the data smoothly goes back and forth as it should to provide the results that the clubs are needing. So that's a big thing, being able to be open source and having clubs who are using four, five, six, seven different solutions all be integrated together. So ABC Financial recently took in an equity partner, as Paul referenced uh, with, uh, with Tom and Bravo. Um, leading up to that, I'm sure as an, uh, a CEO, you, you had to say no a lot to new versions, new whiz bang, new bells and whistles, new industries we should go after. How did you, you know, kind of steer the ship and, and get comfortable saying, you know, with a straight face to someone like, that's a great idea. You know, I'm going to give you the, the Paul Shower smile, but like, it's just not what we do. Because I think that's something that CEOs need to realize. It's one of the most important words in your Rolodex. Yeah, you make a great point. Uh, trying to be everything to everybody for all things is just not something that uh, I would encourage any business leader to try to do because it just doesn't work. And you got to leverage the industry and the, and the relationships and the context with other vendors and make sure that collectively together you provide those projects. And you're right, as we brought on a, a new private equity partner, one of the things that was important to us is to find a new partner that was in alignment of how to best use technologies and platforms uh, to better serve our, the industry and our customers. And that's why we're very happy to have the Toma Bravo Group out of San Francisco and Chicago as our new partners in this, uh, in this project. So, um, so I used to work in private equity, uh, made some seed investments, I do some advisory work. One of the, um, the things that I think you probably need to be cognizant of, which is uh, a balancing act of, you know, continuing to drive growth, but staying true to what ABC represents, the relationships you built, not necessarily looking at everything on a spreadsheet. So, you know, how's it been out of the gates? And, um, you know, how's it kind of changed your perspective, if any, of, you know, having different types of stakeholders? Well, we're, we're early on in the relationship, but the one thing I've quickly come to respect and admired is that the uh, private equity world, uh, they're so expert in the process of disciplines, making sure that we're measuring and viewing and, and looking at our business in ways that make sense, especially when it comes to creating more efficiencies. But at the same time, they realize it still takes rainmakers and you gotta be out there every day growing your business through securing new customers, taking care of your existing customers, helping those existing customers grow their business. Um, we only win, obviously, if they're successful and, and we, we benefit on their growth and so Toma Bravo has been very good about making sure we don't do anything to interrupt that, while we also work on becoming more efficient and developing our technology, our new technology platform to bring to the industry soon. So uh, Paul, two, two other things I want to talk about. One is you know, maintaining a price point. And uh, you know, one of my concerns in the sector is um, when people give things away for free and, and then realize very quickly that they're not actually getting value for what they thought they were going to get. And having people understand that you get what you pay for and that this is a mission critical security software based company and uh, you don't want to go with the low cost provider. Good questions and time and time again in my experience I've uh, been able to share with either potential customers or current customers the reality of the matter is they have a business to operate. Every gym owner regardless of the type of model they employ 
they have to be able to operate their business efficiently. So before we can even get into the value proposition from a fee schedule standpoint, we got to talk about what does it take to run your business. That's software, that's operational system process and so forth. And so whatever we provide or one of our competitors would provide, we got to provide something that works, that will allow them to effectively run their business. And, uh, and then from that standpoint, if all things are equal and, and everybody's doing a good job of doing that, then it all boils down to who can do that the most efficiently from a cost standpoint. But we have found that the focus should not be on the fee as much as it should be on the yield and are the solutions and the services and the products being offered working for them. Gotcha. Okay, and then the last point I want to make about people focusing on attrition, people fo focusing on retention in this new world of everything I want to do is like, I want to do something in five minutes and it's on demand and I'm, gonna, I'm willing to pay for it as long as I know I'm going to use it. And I'm not even a millennial, even though I look like one, right? And I act like one. I'm not one, yeah, but I look, I know, it's okay. I'll take the compliment. Anyway, silence is acceptance. So how do you think about that? And um, you know, what's your view on it? I'm a firm believer there's nothing wrong in our industry, attrition. I wish we'd stop trying to fix something that can't be fixed. And let me explain, if you Please if do. I may. That's why we're on the show. One, I'm a big believer that as a fitness business operator, you should do everything the right way, and you should provide the product and services to your members as uh, has been represented to them. So if you're doing something that is causing a member to leave your facility or services, stop doing that, correct that. Uh, and maybe you will see some of a, a movement on your attrition percentage. But the fact of the matter is this, our industry is about 75 years old. I've been in the industry for 30 years, and I've talked to not dozens, but hundreds, maybe thousands of people who have had theories and uh, have set out to try to fix or correct attrition. And yet after all these years, attrition in the fitness industry still runs about 40 to 50%. I'm not sure there's nothing to fix, provided you are operating your business the way you should. You mentioned the millennials, let's talk about the Generation Zs, where we have a generation and a half of people who sometimes aren't very loyal to brands. Uh, when you think about a lot of young people under the age of 28 that goes into health clubs today, they'll barely look your front desk staff in the eye, they'll barely put their hands out to shake your hand, right. they got their pods things in their ears and they're ready to go work out, right? All they want is have access into the facility and go. They're not loyal to your brand, they're not loyal to your the membership, they're just getting out of it what they want to get out of it, and if they want to have two, three, four memberships, great. If they want to go to a different facility, great. Truth of the matter is this, for 75 years, the attrition in the fitness industry has been 40 to 50%. With all the smart people that have been in the industry for that period of time, you'd think by now we could have corrected that if there was something to correct. I don't believe there's something to correct, to be honest with so you. So one, one of the, uh, the metrics I've been looking at in a business that we're or, uh, an investor in is just revenue per visit. You know, like if, if I'm giving you access and I'm giving you access to an amazing experience, I just want to know how much you're going to pay for that experience. And I think that kind of dovetails in with exactly what you're saying. That is correct. And, it, and it's certainly driven by the consumer and the type of uh, offering, you know, whether you're talking about a high-end programming boutique type of experience as opposed to an HVLP model. But at the end of the day, you're exactly right. If you're providing the consumer the value proposition they wish to have, they're going to use your facilities. And if you're not... They won't. And if you do, some of them still are going to quit for whatever reason. That's the other thing. I think sometimes our industry becomes unintentionally arrogant, and we take it personally when a member quits our facilities, not thinking there actually might be something going on in the consumer's life 
that mandates that they need to quit our facilities. There may be nothing wrong with your club. It could just be somebody got transferred or somebody got sick or somebody decided to do things outdoors through the summertime and they're going to take three or four months off. doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the club. Right. So just continue to offer a great experience. Charge people for what the market demands that, that that's worth. Um, you know, and continue to run a healthy business, but don't uh, don't be uh, do, don't be doing exit interviews every day. Doing doing entry interviews. Absolutely. Listen, what we've learned now in the last six or seven years is over nine million consumers that pay over a hundred dollars a month to be a member of a boutique. Uh, facility, and most of that's driven by one thing, the experience, their overall experience. And if you give them that quality experience, consumers will pay for it. What you can't do is say you're given the experience and not give it and expect the members to pay. Uh, in my opinion, the race to the bottom of this industry is over. It's okay to charge for what you're worth, but you got to back up what you're worth. Agreed. Well, look, Paul, uh, congratulations on, on bringing in the, in the capital. I think it's not only great for ABC, but it's great for the sector. Um, I think it's validated the industry. The more capital that's here, the more investment that we can make in, in having amazing experiences uh, and making sure that the providers of these, which are mostly your, your customers, um, you know, run successful businesses that, that they're passionate about. So thank you for being on the show. It's an absolute pleasure. Pete, I really appreciate it. I love being here in San Diego, California. It's sunny outside today. And uh, you're spot on with your assessment, and we look forward to finishing out URSA 2018, and we'll see you next time. Now, Paul and I are now Generation AA, AAA, after Generation Z, what are we going to be? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to come up with something, and it's going to stick. The next big thing. The next big thing is here. Hey, can, Halo. I, can I put a shout-out for yeah, my friends at InTouch Technology in and Club touch. OS? Where are they at? I want to be the first to leak it here. I think those two companies are going to merge. No way, dude. Are you serious? I, that's what I heard. You heard it? What you hear it on the trade show floor? <laughs> Three times. Three times? <laughs> you know what they say. You know what they say about a deal. Yes, that's right. Where Three there's times smoke, there's a deal. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Where uh, can I Where can I buy that, that option on my E-Trade account? <laughs> there's a, the Club OS uh, 40... Uh, uh, January, uh, the, the, the long-term leaps. January 2019 leaps is the way to play that trade. And, and, hey, and wait for members starting to pay for their membership with Bitcoin. It's right around the corner. Bitcoin or bust. Or bust. I own the domain name to Sweatcoin <laughs> and Fitcoin and Bitcoin. You got it. You Itch. understand. It's coming. All right, drink up. I got a, I got a minimum I got to hit. All right, I got to go. Bye.